We're going through this sermon series called See, and we're still there. It's, uh, we're, we're talking about looking at life God's way, and uh, we want to start off the year. We don't want to look at it our way. We want to we figure out what is God's way to look at life, and, and how should we do this? And uh, today, I, I want to talk about the topic uh, when it comes to seeing is that the, the title of the message is Eyesight Not Necessary. Eyesight not necessary. I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to read the scripture and then I'll get started in the message today. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5 verse number 6. The Bible says, therefore we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. I want to turn your attention to verse number 7. Verse number 7, such a simple statement, but it means so much. It affects our life so much. The Bible says, for we, believers, Christians, we walk... By faith, not by sight. What I want you to see today is that the Christian life, when, it, when we talk about seeing and looking at life God's way, it has absolutely nothing to do with physical sight. Uh, if you were in the first service, uh, you would have got to see a gentleman uh, named Matthew Dyer. And I asked him if uh, I could just use him as an illustration a, a bit today. We've got a guy in our church. He's a member here. He's part of the family. How, raise your hand if you know Matthew. You, raise your hand. All right, several of you know Matthew. If you don't know Matthew, you've got to get to know Matthew. Matthew is blind. He, he cannot see. You may w- watch him walk around here, uh, and he's always holding his hand on someone's shoulder, following them around, um, because he can't see where he's going. And last week, um, the one person that I couldn't forget as I was speaking about this idea of seeing things the way God sees is Matthew. Uh, he, he gives us a different perspective, because um, unless you're blind in here, if you're watching at home and you cannot see, maybe there's somebody, but it, it's very rare. You, 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 uh, you have a different perspective of walking with God and pleasing God. But the Bible says when it comes to our life, our walk, that we walk as Christians by faith, not by sight. There's a clear contrast Christian life, the Christian life is lived not by seeing with physical eyes. It is lived with eyes of faith. Um, If you or I lost our vision for some reason, we would really have to change the way we do things. I I would have to change completely everything that I do, the the tasks that I do, how I do them. Um, I work on a computer. 
I, I, I mean, I look at that stinking screen all the time. Anybody work on a computer? You'd have to change jobs. You, you couldn't do that anymore. You wouldn't be able to see and click and know what to do. Uh, our eyesight, we depend upon it, right? We make our decisions based upon our eyesight. I, I use my cell phone. Uh, so many of you, you've got your social media right. You're on there uh, quite often, sometimes during work hours. No, we don't do that. Okay, um, so we get our social media, we scroll, right? We use our phones, we text, we call, we send pictures, we, we look at photos of our kids and grandkids. Uh, listen, eyesight is important. I, I drive. Um, my wife doesn't often drive because she's often sleeping while I drive. And, uh, uh, but I drive, and I wouldn't be able to drive myself back and forth here or to go visit family with, without my eyesight. It's just such a valuable thing. I, I love to read. Anyone in here like to read? I, I love to pick up a good book, something where I can learn. And, I, and I, I, like, I like to read the physical pages of my Bible or sometimes get on the Bible app. And I like to read and understand what I'm reading. But if you don't have physical eyesight, you just can't do that. You can't read that way, uh, the, the same way that I do now. We, we work with graphics around here, and we, we really do our best to try to make things look good. And I just think, man, I would, my career, a lot of it, has to do with my ability to see. Here's what I want to tell you today. Like Matthew, he can't see. Listen, when it comes to living for God... It is not dependent upon your physical eyesight. Pleasing God has nothing to do with physical talents or abilities or skills or things that you can do physically. Faith is not dependent on the ability to see. We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is all about belief. It's about the ability to trust what is faith? I, I want to define faith. I want to look at it in Scripture. Um, and, um, you know, uh, we're, we're going to have only two points today. Is that good? A, a, a sermon with two points, right? Not three points, not four points. We're going with two today and, uh, and living uh, by faith. But faith, if I were to define this, and I'm going to show you from Scripture, it is simply living out your belief in God and what you learn about him from the Bible. Faith is living out your belief in God. I want you to turn in your Bible, uh, and we're, we're going to flip between these two passages, 2 Corinthians and also in Hebrews 11. So turn to Hebrews 11. I, I want to read verse number 1, Hebrews 11. The Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It says, but without, uh, verse number six, skip down there, uh, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Uh, I, when it comes to living life God's way, we're talking about how do I look at life in the way that God looks at my life? It's so important to understand that it has nothing to do with physically looking at your circumstances, with physically looking at your situation. It has all to do with your belief. It has everything to do with faith. God sees things a different way than us 
and he sees faith as reality. And faith allows us to see things that are unable to be seen. It, it, we, we look at it and it, we believe it to be true and it is real. Let me explain. When we choose to see life uh, with the eyes of faith, there's two things that we see. Um, these are my two points and I'm going to get through this here. Number one, faith sees the presence of God. Faith sees the presence of God. The Bible said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let me explain that to you. Uh, the word substance is this word that means confidence. It's like concrete. It means support. The idea that your faith is more than just a wish. Your faith is more than just um, something that exists in your mind. Your faith is, by definition, substance. It's something in the, the physical world. It, what that means is faith is when you believe something about God and you believe it enough that it shows up as evidence in your daily living. All right, you follow me? It says here, it is the evidence of things not seen. In Hebrews 11.6, uh, the Bible says, Without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that, number one, that he is. Do you believe that God is real? That's the whole basis of faith. Do you believe that God is? He, he that comes to God must believe that he is, that, that he is present, that he is real, that he is who he says he is. And if you have faith, it's not simply a mental uh, acknowledgement that God is who he says he is. Faith is substance of things hoped for. It's evidence, meaning because you believe God's real, you will live differently. Does that make sense? The way you walk, whether or not you tell a lie, whether or not you steal, the way you act in your marriage, what you, how you parent your kids, the way you manage your finances, it's all affected by you living by faith, right? Your faith says, God, I know some things about you. I see it in the Bible here, and I believe it and it shows up in my life as evidence. That is what faith is. Faith isn't invisible. Faith is substance of things hoped for. It's, it shows up in our lifestyle. Um, see, I, I want you to understand that the Bible says first, he that comes to God must believe that he is. Well, let me explain some things about who God is. And uh, I want to see if this affects your life. Um, you know, I, I, I thought about Matthew, and I love... I love the passage in um, Exodus where Moses is talking to God. He gets this charge. He's supposed to go before Pharaoh. Pharaoh, let my people go. And he's like, God, God, I can't, I can't speak, God. And he's like stuttering or he's saying, I'm not eloquent. I can't do this. And God just stands in his position and makes a, some claims here. He says in Exodus 4.11, The Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Do you believe that God is the creator? He is the creator. He's the one that makes us people that see. He's the one that makes those people that are blind. He makes those that can speak and the ones that can't speak. In John 1 verse 3, the Bible says, All things were made by him. Speaking about Jesus, in the beginning was the Word, right? And without Him was not anything made that was made. God is the Creator. Do you believe that? 
And does what you believe about God, him being the creator, affect the way you live? That would be faith. Not only is he the creator, but he is the reason. Let me explain. He is the reason why you were created. In Revelation 4.11, the Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure... They are and were created. How many of you believe God is the creator? You believe that he is. Anyone that comes to God must believe that he is. He's the creator. But you understand, he is the creator. And do you know why he created us? And he created everything? For thy pleasure they are and were created. You were created. The reason you exist is for God. You exist for his pleasure. He made you for himself. You understand? That's why a lot of times when we're trying to live for other things besides being what we're created for, we feel so empty or lost or confused. You were created for a reason. And the thing is, when it comes to living by faith, it means we believe he is our creator. He is our reason for living. And that faith should show some evidence in our life. It would show evidence in what we maybe pursue for college. It should show evidence in how we spend our money and how we spend our time and what we do. Because if we believe that we're here by him and for him, it will show up in our life. So my question is, do you walk by faith in this area? I want to flip back to the passage we started with because it puts everything in perspective uh, when it comes to this short life we have here on earth. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 uh, verse number six. I want to read this to you. When it comes to believing, uh, to, to seeing the presence of God through eyes of faith, uh, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse number six, the Bible says, Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We're confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. Meaning, whether we're here on this earth or whether we're up in heaven, we're trying to please God. We want to live for Him. That's why we're created. Verse 10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in His body according to that He hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Let me explain. When, we, when the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible, impossible to please him. We're going to make it through this together, okay? Uh, these tongue twisters. Um, when, when the Bible says that, it says you must believe that he is. We know he's the creator, we, we know then he created us for his purpose. But there's a lot of things the Bible says that he is. Um, we, anyone know that God is love? We know God is love. Man, that should affect the way we live, right? Uh, we should love others because he first loved us, right? That's one of those things by faith. By faith, I believe God is loving. I believe God showed how loving he was through Jesus. And so I, by faith, also show loving kindness and forgiveness to others, right? You see how faith works itself out in our life. 
Well, this passage is one of those areas where it's like, ah, man, we, we, always, we don't always want to face this. But the Bible says one of the reasons why Paul was teaching this church, he says, we're laboring, we're working, that whether we're present with God or absent from him, meaning we're on this earth or we're in heaven, we want to be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Not only is he the creator, not only is he the reason for your being, he is the judge. Uh, I have some kids, and uh, I love my kids. I am not a perfect parent. Can you, uh, anybody with me on that? Y'all are quiet in here today. I'm not a perfect parent. Um, I have realized that sometimes uh, my kids will do something wrong. And out of effort uh, to basically control their behavior, like stop hitting, stop fighting, put that down, whatever I want them to do, I'll say, listen, you need to do this, and then I insert consequence, or else, right? Or I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to put you in your room for an hour. I'm going to take this away for a week, whatever. No TV, no dinner, you know? One thing I've found out is I'm just half the time just blowing smoke. I just don't follow through. I'm a softie sometimes with my kids. I'm like all bark, no bite, right? I just, uh, I, I know I can tell them and you threaten them. Listen, don't act like you don't do this. Come on. Uh, listen, you're like, ah, you better do this or, and then we don't follow through. I need you to know. And what we find in scripture is that God doesn't interact on that way. Though God is forgiving, though God is loving, there is a quality and a character about God that one day each one of us stands before him. And he is the judge. He is the judge. And those of us that receive Christ, he, we stand before him and he, he looks at us. And you know what? He's no, no longer going to hold our sins against us because we receive the, the, what Jesus did for us. Jesus stood in our place. But for those of uh, us that don't know Christ as Savior, we stand before God and he becomes the once and for all final judge. And those people without Christ do spend eternity forever in hell. And the thing is, we, we want to think that, oh, uh, there's even books out there written. They, listen, no, no, God is love, and that just means he's always going to forgive, no matter what. He's not re- he doesn't really mean what he said. Here's what I want to challenge you with. The point of my message is, if we want to see things God's way, this is God's way. Everything in it, from the start to the back, We've got to take this literally. We've got to understand it. We've got to study it. And the Bible says that God is the judge. That, that one day we'll stand before him. And in verse 11, it even says this, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Uh, our mission statement here as a church is that we're a family going above and beyond to help people find and follow Jesus. And we like that because we believe it lines up with what God created the church to be. We are our family. We got brothers and sisters in Christ here. We have one heavenly father together. And he gave this family a mission. He, he gave us this mission that we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's that helping people find Jesus. And then there's this other half of the mission that's helping people follow Jesus. Once you're found, once you're saved, man, you've got to learn what it is in this book. And we've got to believe it and live it by faith. This verse in, uh, in 2 Corinthians 5.11 says that one of the motivators for us to go and share the gospel is the truth 
is the, the thing that we believe by faith is that there is a part of God that is the wrath of God, the terror of the Lord, that part that we, that we want to ignore, the, the part that says, you know, don't shove that down my throat. Don't tell me that is true. But this is the Bible, and it's not going to change. And it's not going to change because we don't like a part of it. What we have to determine is, do we believe by faith that one day every person will stand before God, or don't we? And that by faith, shows up in our life, it's evidenced by what we do, how we engage in talking with people. And I tell you what, I'll commend you because I know that there are people in this church that consistently bring others to church. You're consistently inviting, you're consistently speaking up and speaking out and sharing the gospel with love with your coworkers and having conversations that matter at work. And I'm telling you, that is evidence of your faith. Right, You, by faith, see the presence of God. You believe that he's real. You believe that he's the the creator. You believe he gave you a purpose. He gave you a mission. You believe that people will one day meet him. And you believe it by faith. By faith, this eyes of faith, seeing God as he is, believing that he is, allows us to trust Jesus as Savior. Uh, Those of you that know Jesus, at one point, you made a decision by faith. Someone showed you from a Bible on stage or otherwise, and you said, I believe that Jesus died for my sin. You believe that. You, you heard it. You thought about it. You know, the Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, right? We hear the word of God, and we believe it by faith, and it changes us. You believe that Jesus died for you. You believe that Jesus rose again from the dead. Uh, we have Easter Sunday uh, coming up here in just a few months, and we believe Jesus rose from the dead. That's why we celebrate it. That's why we sing about it. It's our faith. We, we've not seen it. We didn't watch him rise from the dead. Uh, we may try to make some movies about it, and uh, uh, we may try to portray it on stage, but by faith, we believe it, and our life shows that we believe it. And so when you believe that Jesus died for you, you believe that he rose again, you exercised faith and you were saved. It's because of our faith, our, our, our ability to see that God is real, that we attend church, that we read our Bibles. It's the reason why uh, we consider what he wants us to do with our life, not just what we feel like we should do. It's why we consider his will. It's why we pray. It's why we share the gospel with others. That is, seeing the presence of God, the fact that he is. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. I want to move into point number two. Not only is faith believing who God is and letting that affect your life, changing how you live, but faith sees the possibilities of God. Faith sees the possibilities of God. Hebrews uh, says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And number two, that and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let me ask you, does your life evidence the fact that you believe that God can actually work in your life? That he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him? Now, What I'm trying to say is that if you can live by faith, no matter what circumstance you walk into, you look at that circumstance with the idea that God brings some possibilities here. It may see with physical eyes to be hopeless. There's no way out. 
lost. But if we see by faith, we realize God can change the circumstance. Do you believe that? God can change your circumstances. Uh, I want you to see this in 2 Corinthians 5. It's the passage that we've been flipping back to here. 2 Corinthians 5 in verse 6. When he begins, the verse says, Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That word uh, where we read, therefore, we are always confident. In our English language, it's two words, always confident. But this is a singular Greek word. It's theruntes. I don't expect you to know that. There won't be a quiz after this message. But here's what that one word means, literally. It means to be of good cheer or to have good courage. Or here's my favorite one. It means to be full of hope. Full of hope. He says, therefore, we're always full of hope. If there is a distinguishing characteristic of Christians, it ought to be that we are full of hope. We are full of hope. What that means is we walk through life not without hope, not with just seeing things practically through our own physical eyes. We walk through seeing them with the possibilities of God and applying that to the situation that God, we say, man, this person may be far from God, but there is hope. God can change a person. Uh, This marriage may be having difficulty, but there is hope. What does it mean that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him? And I want to point out before I explain this to you, he says he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek what? Him. We're not diligently seeking the benefits that God brings us. We're seeking him. There's a difference between that, okay? Uh, a lot of times we say, God, I'll serve you, and I want to do this as long as you bring the good stuff, right? Bring, bring everything my way. Provide for my needs. Give me everything I want. Answer all my prayers. But the Bible says he rewards those not that diligently seek everything, not that diligently seek the reward. They're diligently seeking him. If you believe that he is your creator and he created you for him, that's got to It's got to change your mindset. You've got to realize you are made for him. The relationship with God that you have is most important in your life. And as you prioritize that relationship, then there are rewards that come uh, as a byproduct of that. And the, the, the main reward is him. Follow me? I want you to look in Psalm 1. Psalm 1, a few scripture passages, and uh, we're going to wrap this up this morning. In Psalm 1, it describes somebody that lives by faith. Let me explain. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree, Planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Sounds good so far. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. We've got this... this, uh, 
profile of a person that's blessed or happy. And it starts defining some characteristics about their life. It says they walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now let me ask you, why would you not listen to bad advice? How do you know you shouldn't listen to bad advice? Listen, you know that because God's word tells you to do certain things. Don't listen to bad advice, okay? Listen to godly counsel. Uh, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Talks about making war based upon the counsel, the idea that you can make sure decisions in godly counsel. That is living by faith. You see, you read things in this book and you believe that. And you change the way that you live. This man is living by faith. He's not listening to the counsel of the ungodly. He's not standing in the way of sinners. He, he believes what God says about certain ways to live, right and wrong, and uh, you know, the way that we should do things. And he goes that way. And the Bible says his delight, what he finds joy in, what he loves, is the law of the Lord. Is this book, is what God has to say. And in this, he's meditating. He's thinking on it day and night, I just want to point out the fact that without faith, it's impossible to please him. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. With faith, you must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What I'm trying to tell you is you cannot live the life God wants you to live this year or any other time except you have a relationship with this book. You understand the basic essence of Christians is following the Bible, okay? You must. You say, I just, it's not something I'm in the habit of doing. You've got to figure out how to get in the habit of being in the Bible because it is through hearing God's word that you change your thinking and you change what you believe and it comes out your life as evidence of your faith in what you believe. You understand, uh, the, the whole culture is against what this book has to say. The, you, oh man, okay, uh, I'm, I'm starting to get excited here. This is not in my notes because I didn't prepare this until last night, but listen to this. God's word is absolutely clear that he created them male and female. It's absolutely clear that he made you the way he wants you to be. And if you follow him by faith, you will believe that. Do you understand? You believe and you, you say, God, it made me fearfully and wonderfully. Well, how did you hear that? You hear that in the Bible. You don't hear that just from a youth pastor. Nobody made that up. God made that up. It's God's word. And we say, God, if you made me wonderfully, you made me fearfully in my mother's womb, I am going to trust that by faith. And it's going to change the way I live. That is why. It's not that we're against the world or we're against uh, other people or we're haters. We follow Scripture, and that's why we do certain things. That's why we have doctrine and beliefs. And the reason that we don't condone uh, same-sex marriage, the reason that we don't condone a transgender lifestyle is because it's not living by faith. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. We do not live that way. Faith is believing this book. Faith is recognizing what God has to say and living it out as evidence in our lives. Do you understand? If your life does not mimic what this book has to say, you are not walking by faith. You're walking another direction. Faith is not simply posting kind regard, remarks on your Facebook or reposting something somebody else said. Faith is not saying, I hope things turn out good. Faith is you practically understanding the truth of Scripture and living it in your life. 
Faith doesn't have to do with your best friend and how they live. It doesn't have to do with your mom or dad or how they live. You can't share someone else's faith. Your faith is your faith. And it's all dependent upon your relationship with this book. See, the thing is, we have a whole generation of Christians that are trying to get their fill just simply from a a Bible plan or an app. And it's not going to come that way. It doesn't come through bits and pieces. It comes through you spending time in the Bible. Do you understand? Our church and the, the future of churches is going to be as strong as the Christians are spending time with their Bible. This is where we find our strength. This is where our faith is built. It's by hearing the word of God. And when we delight in the law of the Lord and in his law we meditate day and night, we will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. We will bring forth fruit in our season. Our leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever we do shall prosper. See, the idea is when you are with God, when you have a relationship with God, and it comes through relationship with him through his word, it's how we know what he's saying, that there are some benefits that come from this. Psalm 119, verse number nine, says this, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I just want to be clear that sometimes we go the wrong way. Sometimes we allow what's out in the world to stick to us, right? We get a little dirty out there. We, get, we make mistakes out there. We, we get alone and by ourselves and away from God, and we go a different direction. And the Bible says, how, how in the world does a Christian get cleansed? How do you, how do you, do you remember that day, the first day where you got saved, where you felt clean? where God gave you that peace of total forgiveness. No more guilt, no more shame. Listen, it didn't matter what you did, God forgave you. He, you're, his righteousness is fully applied to your account. Well, the thing is, if, if you have found yourself going a different direction from God, if you seek him in his word, that's how a young man cleanses his way. That is how your life becomes clean again. I want to point your attention to Isaiah 55, uh, verse number 6. The Bible says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him when he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, uh, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. I just want you to see that when we seek the Lord, we seek him while he may be found. But the benefits, the reward, it's not all about, God, I'm going to pray to you, and I'm going to go to church, and then I want you to just give me a great job with great pay, and make me happy, and make sure nothing bad happens to me, and I just need, I just need life to be okay, God. That's what I'm here for. That is not what it's about. That, that is not the purpose of seeking God. It says here, when you seek him, call upon him while he is near. There's something that we do. Oftentimes, when we need to seek the Lord... And understand, seeking him is part of exercising faith. 
When we come to God, a lot of times that calling is a call to let the wicked forsake his way. To let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. And the reward that God gives those that diligently seek him is he has mercy upon them. He abundantly pardons. And I just want to be honest with you guys today is that when we start the year off, it's not just about a change of perspective. Last week week I talked about seeing things from the high tower, from God's higher perspective. He sees the big picture, right? It's not just about a change of physical perspective or looking at it from a different way. It is really a change of belief. And some of us believe that we're just okay where we are. We're okay right here in this same way. The way I live, the way I act, the things I say, the way I parent, we just think we're okay where we are. But the Bible says those that exercise faith believe that he rewards those that diligently seek him. And In my Bible, those that diligently seek him are coming humbly. They're coming with repentance. They're coming to say, God, I have gone a wrong way. And God, I need you to forgive me for this wrong way. And the rewards of that are abundantly pardoning, meaning God doesn't hold it against you anymore. He gives you forgiveness again. He lets you be clean again. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 says it this way, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. The blessings of God aren't always monetary blessings. Often they're not. The blessings of God are not just nice cars and stuff to have. God is not asking you to live your life to get a great job to buy temporary stuff here on this earth. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him, a relationship with Him in His Word. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. God has something to satisfy you that will satisfy you more than any friendship that you have, any drug that you can go to, any experience on social media, anything that you can do that you're trying to make yourself feel fulfilled. God can satisfy you himself. One more verse and we're going to finish up. James 4, verse number 8. The Bible says, draw nigh to God And he will draw nigh to you. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The Bible says here, Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. We talk about living by faith. We talk about seeing things God's way. It has nothing to do with physical sight. It's all to do with what we believe about this book and what it says. Do we believe that he is who he says he is? That he is our creator? That we're here for his pleasure? That, that we're here and one day we're going to stand before him and so will people that don't know him. Do we, do we believe that uh, God wants to work in our circumstances, in our, in our situation I tell you, if you find yourself today not living by faith, not walking in this relationship with God that I'm describing, the Bible makes it really simple. He says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. You take one step towards God and he takes a step toward you. You understand? That step will be rewarded. And that step is a step of repentance. It's a step that hurts sometimes. 
It's a step where you say, God, I have messed this up. You know, I, I know many of us can remember a time where our hearts were that broken and contrite spirit. You know, where we were saying, God, I, we were kind of soft, right? We were, we were soft-hearted. God could speak to us, and we heard him, and we listened, and we, we were desiring to follow his word. We hungered and thirsted after righteousness. But sometimes we get in a spot where our hearts are hardened, where our hearts are so hard. But God says, all you have to do is make a step. All you have to do is make a decision by faith. Maybe today you need to make a step by faith to say, you know what? I see the possibilities of my circumstance. I, 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 I'm, some of you are thinking I'm hopeless, that you're lost, that you're stuck where you are, but you've got to see yourself through the eyes that God has, that he can work in your situation. And the Bible says if you'll cleanse your hands, you'll purify your hearts, if you'll spend some time being afflicted, mourn and weep, that your laugh, that that uh, God will lift you up. In verse number ten, see when it comes to seeing life with the possibilities of God by faith, those that feel lost are found. Right, those that are broken find healing and restoration and forgiveness. What I'm trying to say is. That no situation is hopeless if we're seeing it by faith. No situation is hopeless. No marriage is hopeless. If you look at your future and you say, I have nowhere to go, no purpose, nothing to do, no future is hopeless. No disease is hopeless. Paul said to these people that they could be full of hope because they knew a God that they believed in and this hope, this hope-filled attitude, this hope-filled way of walking through life comes out. It's evidence of their faith. We can be full of hope, living by faith, seeing the possibilities of God. Uh, one of these, there's a verse that has really defined a lot of our prayers around the office uh, when it comes to our families. And I really want you to consider this as we close and consider it about your issue. Consider it about your spiritual health. Consider it about maybe a hopeless situation in your life. Maybe somebody in your home is far from God, somebody you love and care about. Uh, maybe it's uh, mar- your marriage. Is, you say it's hopeless or something is it's just never going to work out. Christians are, can be full of hope because the Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above, all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. That is a verse of hope. The Bible doesn't say you have to be able to fix your situation. The Bible says now unto him that is able, there is a God that we believe created us, that loves us, that cares about us, and we believe by faith that he is able. Do you believe that? He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. You say, my situation is hopeless and I don't think it could go very far. Well, God can have faith when you don't have faith. God can increase your faith. We're gonna believe that God is a God that is exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think.